Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. There is a man in the world right now who has the power to save us all. All he needs to do is see some rhino balls first. And then we take a look at a bizarre story that's a crossroad between outer space and inner souls. Is it possible that aliens cause ghost sightings? Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. Hope you guys are having a great day too. I've actually developed insomnia over the past two weeks. I'm recording this episode way late at night. I'm recording this episode about one in the morning. I have a bottle of NyQuil that I'm going to take a shot from. The second I'm done, actually I might take it halfway through the podcast because that way, you know, I'm ready to sleep. I'm ready to like curl up like a little baby to sleep right when it's over. We'll see. If I start to slur my words, you know that I've hit the NyQuil. We actually got a lot of stuff to talk about today. First off, let's take a look at this artwork we have for Fan Art Friday. This was drawn by Church Going Mule. So I love this. This is awesome. Thank you very, very much for sending me this artwork and letting me use it as well. Then we have a very special Patreon supporter today because it's a Christmas present. So in comes, we're clapping already, in comes this giant package. It's all wrapped up and stuff like a normal Christmas present. And out of the Christmas present hops Anthony DiTorfino. We're clapping. He's still in the box. He's like, I'm not popping out until you pronounce my name correctly. Anthony, go ahead and pop out of that box. Jumping out, this is a Christmas present from your brother, Nicholas. Now, we'll give Nicholas a chance, because that's pretty awesome to uh, do this Christmas present. We'll give him a chance to fly the Carpenter Copter in a later episode. But this is all Anthony's episode. He's going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you can't support the Patreon, totally understand. Just help spread the word about the show. That really, really helps out a lot. Dress yourself up as a giant present, and then stand outside and go, Boo! Listen to Dead Rabbit Radio. That is a... I read that. I read that on how to win friends and influence people. It's a good marketing technique. Anthony, let's go ahead and put you inside of the Dead Rabbit Dirigible. We're going to take a little flight. We are headed out to a secret military base. Some of you know as Montauk. Dirigible is flying over the United States. We're headed out to Long Island. A lot of people have requested I talk about Montauk over the years. I'm going to go through a list real quick. We have Temporal, Stefan, Gray of PTA, John Carras, Calvin Walmer, Jeff D. Padro. They've been wanting me to cover this stuff really since the beginning of the show. And I got to give a special tip of the hat to Alex F. on YouTube. Because again, like maybe a year and a half ago, he said, you got to do an episode on the Montauk guys. They actually, apparently, I, I wasn't able to find any proof, but Alex F. said that they were trying to sue the makers of Stranger Things because Stranger Things was based on their real life. So I was intrigued, and I started looking into it, and I go, ah, it's, I'd 
I'd rather talk about a homeless man throwing his poop around McDonald's. And it just kind of fell to the wayside. It was a lot of stuff where it's just basically some guys wrote a book. And um, it's a bunch of nonsense. A bunch of nonsense in this book. But what's interesting... So thank you, Alex, for doing that. Sorry you got preempted by a hobo throwing poop story. But recently, episode 543 I did here on Dead Rabbit Radio, Madness, Murder, and UFO Disclosure. It was about a guy named John Ford who really believed that UFOs were flying around Long Island, and he ended up threatening to irradiate a couple of local Republicans, and he's still in prison to this day. That story happened back in, like, 2001 or something like that. That story I got from an article written by a journalist named Michael Colton. He's also a writer on the Penguins of Madagascar, so that's pretty dope. That's doper doper than anything he'd wrote in the newspaper. I love that show. Michael Colton, I quoted him in this episode because I was talking about how it used to be how the media portrayed people who had UFO or paranormal events. And he had this great passage about this guy named Preston Nichols, who was a contemporary of John Ford, hung out with the dude. And Preston Nichols is described as portly and absent-minded. They're talking about how cluttered and small his house is. He doesn't live in a cluttered big house. He lives in a cluttered small house. My favorite line in the article, quote, in his living room, while his fat dog snores, Nichols cues up a video. I just, I was like, dude, you're even insulting this guy's dog? The dog's not researching UFOs. I actually reached out to Michael Colton and I said, hey, I'm doing this podcast. I I don't know why I reached out to him because usually I don't. I said, hey, I'm doing this whole podcast basically on this one article you wrote. I had a follow-up question. I think I had a follow-up question. We started talking about Preston Nichols. He goes, yeah, I wonder what Preston Nichols is up to nowadays. And I go, I don't know. But I will look into it. And I did. And he is the guy who's a big part of the Montauk project. So that was kind of an interesting way to snake back around. So hobo throwing poop stories, they're on hold for today. They're on hold for today because we got this nice little windy road to go down. So Anthony, after that nice little preamble, you are going to drive us up to Montauk Air Force Base on Long Island. And you see those guards standing there. You see those military guards with like their barrier and stuff. Those two little things that come down run it. And Anthony's like, what? And I'm like, just run run right through it. Smashes through the gate. The guards are opening fire on us. It's okay. I trust Anthony to dodge the bullets in the car. We eventually are hiding. He didn't do a good job. The car got shot to pieces. So now we're hiding in a dumpster waiting for the red alert to go down. The reason why we're here is because according to Preston Nichols, this is where all of the like psychic testing goes. You ever hear of a super soldier? Well, they exist. If you had them, they totally exist. I don't know why I paused like that. They totally exist. They're trained at Montauk Air Force Base. So we're finding our way into the actual base. We see a bunch of people sitting in like chairs and there's these things on their head. I know, super descriptive, right? Theater of the mind. They're like, uh, and like pink electricity shooting out and stuff like that. And scientists are taking notes. They're like, can I borrow this for my daughter's sweet 16? It's adorable. Uh, pink sparkles everywhere. What they do here is they basically have three big things. <laughs> three big tourist attractions to Montauk Air Force Base. One, psychic testing. And they do that by kidnapping children and hobos, taking them to the facility and running all these tests on them. That's a weird combination of people. I hate to be in the cell. You're like, oh man, why did I have to be with all the hobos? You see all the kids in the other cell, they're having a dance party. You're like, oh man, all I get to do is eat beans. But anyways, you have the hobo people, you have the hobos. I haven't drank in the NyQuil yet. You have the hobos and you have these kids 
all in cells and their psychic powers are being unleashed. Can you think of a worse person to give psychic powers to than a homeless man? That's the worst person. They're already so downtrodden. Don't train hobos to have psychic powers, but they do. I guess they know more than I do. They also, they probably know that the hobos aren't going to go crazy because that's only one thing they do. The other thing they do is they can view time. I mean, you can view time too. You're, you're viewing time right now as you exist, but they can look forward and backward in time. They built like this time tunnel that they can just look through. I totally wish we could like save those guys in on Normandy. They're all, uh, and they're just watching it. Like, this is, this is director's cut of Saving Private Ryan. This is awesome. They realize they can view time back and forth, but that's, I mean, that's history book, basically, right? I mean, you get to see in the future, but who cares if you can view the past? Big whoop. So then the other thing they're known for is they've actually built interdimensional time travel portals. So Anthony's leading the way. We're pushing him in front of the group. He's like, oh man, come on. I want to make it till Christmas. We're like, keep going, keep going. He takes us into this massive facility and we see this device. And, and it is actually a time machine, an interdimensional time machine. So a lot of times, okay, you might not have known this, guys. I know you guys are pretty up on your history because you guys are always correcting me when I make mistakes. But did you know that originally Hitler won the war? The World War II, Hitler won it. But here's what happened. The Montauk people built a time machine. And they began delivering supplies into the past, which allowed the Allies to win. Did you know that? Well, because according to these guys, it happened. Also, they went back, Montauk personnel went back and met Jesus Christ. They didn't, they didn't save him. They, 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 they famously did not save him. And let me say this. They're making all this stuff. I mean, they, they are presenting this as what's known as soft facts. There's a book called The Montauk Project, Experiments in Time. And in the book, apparently, I haven't read the book, but I was reading reviews on it. I'm sure people go, how can you talk trash about a book you haven't read? Well, I'm going to do it anyways. You can't talk trash about my podcast until you've listened to every episode. How's that? All 576 of them. You have soft facts. So it's based, and even like when I was doing some research on this, they say, they never really come out and say that the story's true, but they never come out and say that the story's false. Again, I'm taking other sources for that information. So it's really easy to cloud a bunch of minds with that. And speaking of someone who does believe in that story, Anthony, let's hop in the Jason Jalopy. We, okay, Anthony, let's hop in the, wait, what? What vehicle did we take first? Oh my God, I'm losing my mind. Ugh. Did we take the Dead Rabbit Dirigible and then he just was driving a car halfway through the episode? I'm sorry. I've not taken the NyQuil yet. I'm just really, really tired. Anthony, we are going to give you the keys to the Carpenter Copter right now. We're doing it early. We're giving you the keys to the Carpenter Copter. You are going to fly us out. Out of this military base, the red alert has been resounded again. We are going to the home of one Andy Perro. <laughs> Carpenter Copter is flying away from this base. We're actually going to come back to this base, but first off, we're going to meet a young man named Andy Pirro. Now, I got most of this information from an interview that Andy did with Eve Lorgan, writing for Unknown Magazine. Now, Andy did not have a simple life. He was very early considered to be a prime candidate for the super secret, totally real, totally real, 
soldier program we see andy he's just like outside he's like riding his bicycle and stuff like that and there's a dark fan coming up alongside of him and he sees like their logo it's just like it's just a guy pointing at andy that's the logo they designed it and they're they have a time machine so they knew exactly how to design the logo to point at him as he's riding down the street they grab him they grab andy and they begin this psychological psychic torture and part of the thing is this is really common in mk ultra theory which mk ultra is real but as MK Ultra conspiracy theory grew, you start to get this stuff kind of be cemented in. What you do is you take someone and you deliver so much psychological and physical trauma, it causes the brain to split into multiple personalities. And then the handler, the government handler, I'm revealing too much, I'm revealing too much. The government handler will then choose one of those alternate personalities to encode information into. And then they put your brain back together. Because that, that works. I mean, why not? And then you go about life. You don't know you are a super soldier or a sex kitten. Basically, you're one of the two. You're either a super soldier. Those are usually men. Sex kittens are usually women. None of this stuff is true. I'm just stating how the conspiracy theory is set up. That's why you'll see Britney Spears and Taylor Swift and Lady Gaga and Katy Perry. Every so often, they'll dress up as a cat. They don't. Every so often they'll wear cat ears, but they don't always wear, dress them in cats. But a lot of times if you see them in any leopard print, oh, that's the sex kitten programming. You see that all the time. But anyways, that's just in a nutshell. That's years of research that I've done on this stuff. MK Ultra mind control. This was happening to Andy. He said that they were doing all sorts of psychological kung fu on his brain. They're also sticking needles in his genitals. That's a little that's a little overboard, government, right? You can split my mind. Just keep the, keep the needles away from my crotch. He said, you know, one of the other things they did, you know, just casually, he's like, hey, yeah, he's talking to you. He has a bunch of needles sticking out of his crotch. You're like, whoa, Andy, can you take care of that? He's like, oh, yeah, he puts on a bathrobe. Another thing they did was they would put him in a drum of water, like a big old box of water, and seal it shut, and he would drown and then he would create a psychic bubble around him and then come back to life. You know, you know, like you learned, like you learned when you were in high school. They would drown him and then he would come back to life. And they did it quite a few times. You might want to try healing. You might want to try healing those needles out of his genitals first before he does the drowning thing. But anyways, they also had this. This is where his training really begins. That everyone goes through that. It's like basic. Then the military goes, you know, this guy'd make a perfect super soldier. So what we're going to do with him is we are going to have him jump. <laughs> this superpower, all this training, all those needles, goes to give him the power to jump. And he said what they did was they put a blindfold on him. They'd go climb up this tiny stepladder and then jump off the stepladder. So he'd climb up the stepladder and go, wee! I don't know if he said wee. I would say wee. But he goes, I kept doing this. And then eventually, I jumped off this ladder and then I turned around and I took my blindfold off because apparently I can do that at this point. <laughs> apparently I can do this. I've gained enough trust. It was a super tall ladder. But he thought he was just jumping a foot down a stepladder. So they were doing this training forever and he said it gave him the ability, all this training, all of this manpower, all of these pins and genitals, gave him the ability to jump out of a plane and land without a parachute. Which is cool, but it's not a superpower. But he can do it. He can jump out of a plane. Forget wind resistance. Forget how, how did they train that? We're like, here, you're going to climb up on this ladder. You're like, what? I can't hear you, the jet engine super loud. They're like, you're on a tiny ladder. The wind's super blowing in his face. He's like, whoa, there's a lot of bugs up here. 
getting caught in my teeth, jumping off a ladder. That is his superpower. He also, uh, you know, that's pretty lame. But he also says he can curl 545 pounds. Uh, that's impressive. I don't know if they're, <laughs> they're tiny ladders. He goes, every day they gave me a little step stool and I just moved it up and down. And then eventually I realized I was holding 545 pounds. Maybe. Maybe they trained him doing that. Maybe it's steroids. We don't know. He does say that in this particular program at Montauk, that people are trained to, he says usually the women are trained to be sex kittens, but the men could be trained as couriers, assassins, super soldiers, or psychic killers. I read that and I go, I would be so disappointed if someone stuck needles in my groin and I just became a courier. They're like, you... You, go ahead, go deliver this stuff. You see a bunch of other people, like, floating around using psychic powers, assassinating shadows. They're so silent. And you're, like, on your Postmates bike, a bunch of needles in your crotch. You're like, oh, this hurts. Everyone's laughing at you. The psychic's projecting his laughter right into your brain. He is one of the guys who actually stopped Hitler's conquest of Earth. You, I don't know why I'm making fun of Andy. We actually owe this man a debt of gratitude. Because back in time... Andy was dressed up as a soldier, delivering future technology to the Allies. Now, you wonder why we didn't see any, like, drones during World War II, or any advanced weapons platform. What they had to do is very, very ingenious. I wish I had made this up. (laughs) I wish I had made this detail up. They had to take modern technology, but build it as if it was built in the 1940s, using material from the 1940s, and then taking that stuff back in time. So you're not disrupting the timeline. You're totally altering the outcome of a war, sure, but you're not disrupting the timeline. They're not walking around with iPhones. There's a bridge too far to do that. So he, after all of his training, is a courier. He's not even the psychic assassin. He can jump out of planes and go, ta-da, here's your package, Mr. Roosevelt. How do I get back in the plane? I don't know. But so he's a courier. He got all those needles for nothing. He also met aliens. He's been on alien ships. And he says the alien's plan is to take our women and children, use them for experimentation, hybrids. They want to create alien hybrids on Earth. This super soldier, Andy, actually has an experience. He was in an alien facility. And he says this. He's walking through the facility, a couple grays on each side. He's like, hey, I heard you guys have a UFO. You think I could jump out of it? And they're like, we wish you would. We totally wish you would. He's walking through this facility And he says that he sees women and children behind chicken wire sobbing, begging him for help. He doesn't do anything. He does not do anything to save these people at all. He's just like, what? You must be talking to the other super soldier in this room, not me. What type of hero is crafting his story? And it's like, hey, biographer, don't miss out the time when I left all those women and children captive in an alien facility. And the biographer's like, what? So how does he know all this stuff? He, he had all these memories suppressed. He didn't know he was able to fall long distances in a single bound. He wasn't aware of this stuff until 1996. He's in Atlanta, Georgia. We've been in Georgia a lot this week. He's in Atlanta, Georgia. We walk into this cool bowling alley. It's 1996. Smash Mouth is playing on every possible speaker in existence. We walk in. We're going to play a good game. And standing next to us is Andy Perro and his roommate. And they're bowling as well. And Andy Perro starts to bowl, and he kind of freezes. It's super dangerous. The ball almost falls on his feet, and he just freezes, and he goes, Oh. My. God. The roommate's like, what? There's a billboard that says, <laughs> I gotta look this up to see if it's actually real. It's a billboard that says, Bowl with Rhino Balls. 
And he's like having, uh, he's having a flashback. He's getting all these needles stuck in his crotch. Oh, I wish I didn't have that part of the flashback. He's remembering giving supplies to to um, whoever that guy was over there. What was that old man who helped win World War II? Um, he had the big nose. What was his name? Winston, Winston Churchill. Winston Churchill. He's giving supplies to Winston Churchill. Tip of the hat. Uh, 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 he's going through all this stuff. He's jumping off ladders. He's wondering why he always had that ladder fetish at Home Depot. Uh, he remembers when he sees Bull with Rhino Balls. He has a flashback that when he was doing this military training, his nickname was Rhino. Who wouldn't want a nickname like Rhino? His name was Rhino in the military. And he turns to his roommate and he goes, I'm Rhino. They called me Rhino. And the roommate, according to Andy, goes, what? No, no one ever called you Rhino. Why would you say Rhino? Why would you say Rhino? And Andy realized that this wasn't his roommate. Well, it was his roommate. (laughs) He does pay half the rent. But he was also a handler for this organization. Like, they had kept an eye on him over the years. I'm going to tell you right now, we're not going to have time for the ghosts, the do aliens cause ghost sightings. We're going to have to save that to next week. Because I just looked over at my notes and I realized something. It gave me a little flashback. Uh, he says in a story, he said it early on, but I kind of spaced on it. He kept saying, and we talked about this on a recent episode, that's why I want to give it a little bit of time to breathe. We talked about this conspiracy theory that the Nazis, this guy was leaving yellow notes all over New York, basically saying the same theory, that the Nazi c- command and control operation, when they when World War II ended, they didn't just you know go, oh, I'm going to go back to start making pretzels and stuff like that. You did have Project Paperclip, where we were bringing over Nazi scientists to work on a rocket program. But this theory is that the Nazis actually infiltrated every part of U.S. government, and really world government. The Nazis now run the world is this conspiracy theory. And I was just looking over at my notes here, and it said, I'd written it down explicitly this time, that his Nazi handlers were still keeping track on him through his roommate. So in his story, Nazis have conquered the planet but they're doing it in a very Hail Hydra kind of way. Why would the Nazis go back in time to help the Allies win World War II? It's a really interesting... I, I, I'm, I read an article on this. I took notes on this. I read a couple other articles on it, and I haven't looked at it until I'm reading it to you. So a very casual viewer to this narrative. But if you're crafting this over the years... I don't get how you can miss such an integral part of the mythology. Now, I'm sure there may be an answer that, oh, well, the Nazis really wanted to lose World War II so they could do this, but if they had the technology to just time travel, they could have just done everything right in the first place. So it doesn't make sense. If you're crafting your own story, if you're making it up, which I do believe he's making it up, how could you make such a fatal flaw? Again, there may be some book that he's selling. I find it odd that it wasn't in this main interview. He may, well, actually, he is selling a book. We'll get to that in a second. We'll get into that in a second. But he says that his Nazi handlers helped him win World War II for the Allies. Weird. And equally weird, equally weird, they erased his memory, gave him a roommate who knew his memory, knew his name was Rhino, and now this roommate's job was to make sure that nobody ever called him Rhino again. You can't watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Can't watch Animal Planet. Those are the only two places I know rhinos are at. So he has to start, you know, kind of like maneuvering around his roommate. It was very, very tense next couple months until the lease was up. His roommate's just standing silently over him while he's sleeping. Roommate has his finger to his ear going, no boss, no movement. 
He's still just sleeping. He doesn't suspect a thing. Rhino is down, and Andy's laying there. He's like, oh, man, this is going to suck. He does say that over time, he starts remembering more and more of his past. So he starts to put this narrative together about what happened. But his roommate was actively working against him. Worst roommate in the world, right? He would write notes to remind himself because he kept forgetting this stuff. He kept forgetting his, his, his made-up stuff. He's like, oh, where was I at? He starts to forget his headcanon. So he starts writing notes. He's like, oh, dude, remember the ladders. Remember the ladders. That's not puzzling at all. And he'd hide the note, and then he would get brainwashed again. His roommate apparently was Dr. Mindbender. Could brainwash him, and then he'd wake up and be like, oh, what a beautiful day. He'd be walking around. He sees a rhino walking on the street. Doesn't even think about it. Sees a, a ladder, which is less which is less exciting than a rhino walking down the street. But he still doesn't acknowledge it. But then he finds a slip of paper in his sock drawer, and it says, "Remember the ladders." Uh, head starts freaking again. Every time he reads a note, he gets the needles in his crotch again. He's like, "No!" Need to see. He leaves a note that says, "Stop reading notes." He looks at it. He's like, uh, 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 uh. "Anyways, he gets out from his lease. He gets out from underneath the thumb of his roommate." And in 1998, he goes public with his story. And that's how he's being interviewed by this woman. He was introduced by Preston Nichols at this big convention, WeirdCon 98. Come on down with your craziest conspiracies, guys. This is organized by the CIA. You'll have so much fun. Preston Nichols brings Andy Perro on because Andy's basically telling the same story. He was being trained at Montauk. You have... This guy, Andy Perro, coming publicly and saying, yeah, all this stuff happened. All this stuff happened. The whole time Preston Nichols is just counting money in the corner. He's like, keep it coming, kid. He's a sucker born every minute. People are just throwing cash at him. Andy Perro tells this story. And a book has been written about him. He hasn't written it himself because he kept losing it. He kept getting brainwashed halfway through the sentence. He's like, uh. This book is called Illuminati, Aliens, and the Nazis. The true and untold story of Illuminati mind control survivor, Andy Perro. This book, though, in some sort of cosmic joke, I don't know if this is a pseudonym or if this is an author's actual name. If it is, get a pseudonym. Because when I saw it, I chuckled. I'm not going to say I laughed out loud. It's building it up. I had a slight chuckle. And then I read the reviews and quite a few reviewers were like, what's up with this guy's name? His name is Ken Hardly Reed. That has to be a joke. Because obviously you think can't hardly read. Ken hardly read. Ken hardly read <laughs> has two books written. Two books. One, a totally true story of a man whose roommate was a Nazi who went back in time and delivered future technology disguised as old-timey junk to Winston Churchill. Got a bunch of needles in his crotch, but haven't we all? This book, this true book, was written by Ken hardly read. And Ken Hardly's other book is a three-minute book i didn't know books had time limits you have to finish it before then your ipad's heating up it is a three minute guide called free bitcoin earning earn unlimited bitcoin for free i do not recommend reading that i just think by purchasing that book your computer becomes infested with dark web viruses unlimited bitcoin for free if you are interested if you have three minutes to spare you can check out Ken Harley Reed's book. Um, whatever advice he gives, it's like, step number one, rip off the Russian mafia. If you happen to live in Moscow, kick in a random dude's door. Most likely has some sort of Bitcoin mining operation illegally. Whatever the advice is in the book, I recommend not, not doing it. 
because there is no free unlimited Bitcoin. However, I guess if you're already tied into the Illuminati Nazi mind control paradigm, maybe they've figured out a way to get Bitcoin for free. Originally, this was just supposed to be like a 15-minute story, but I really got carried away. I love how this mythology is not only growing in the real world, but is growing on the show. Like, we've had this arc. It was neat to see this little evolution of a story over the course for a year and a half, so I really appreciate everyone who recommended Montauk to me. Obviously, Michael Colton for writing that article. It also led me down this path as well. Find all that stuff very fascinating. I think this is a great story to end Friday on, even though I had planned to do another story. I think this is a great story to end Friday on, because let's go back to how it started. John Ford believed all this stuff as well. In the story that Michael Colton wrote, John Ford is the main subject matter, and Preston Nichols is just some schlubby dude who's kind of walking in the background going, hey, boss, what'd you hear about all that time travel? And then John Ford lets his delusions get the best of him and ends up committing a crime, attempted murder, and he's in prison for the rest of his life. He's like, has no competency hearings. It's a really fascinating episode. I recommend checking it out, or you can read Michael Colton's article. But he believed it so much that he went too far and ended up ruining his life. And then you have Preston Nichols, and I think this is the more savvy way to do it, is he was the secondary character in that article, but watching that happen to John Ford, I think a light bulb popped up, a sci-fi light bulb popped up in Preston Nichols' head. I can have the best of both worlds. I can have this belief system and have these ideas of time travel and things like that, and at the same time, make a lot of money and not being not be in prison. That's, that's the third thing. That's the third thing. And I think he saw what happened to his friend, and he goes, he LARPed too hard. He believed the BS. He believed the BS too much, to the point that he thought the government was out to get him. Preston Nichols is writing books and going, ah, they might be true. And he's telling these crazy stories of time travel. One of the stories he mentioned, I forgot to say this, is that, I, should, I mean, this should have been the headline for the episode. One of the stories Preston Nichols says is during one of these time travel interdimensional experiments, a monster hopped out of the vortex and began eating scientists until he was finally shot to death by U.S. troops. That's how crazy this episode's been that I forgot that. And I think that's where the whole Stranger Things allegations come from if those are true again alex f i'm not saying alex f is a liar but i just couldn't back it up i don't want preston nichols to send some interdimensional creature after me being like i never said that there is no lesson i don't believe preston nichols believes the story of montauk i think he probably picked and chose. there's probably he probably does believe in aliens the theory of time travel he does say that he saw a video cassette of himself time traveling so i definitely know he believes in time travel but as he's weaved this story together, I think there's a lot of fiction thrown in there. It makes it more spicy. And he's inspiring these other people. Andy Pirro may know what he's saying is false, or he may know what he's saying is true. I mean, obviously, my opinion on it is it's been put forth in the past 30 minutes or however long this episode is going to be. But you can do the story wrong. You can play out your role too much as the paranoid investigator and end up acting out being thrown in prison. Or you could be the person who steps back and goes, listen, I know there's some truth here, but I'm going to make up a bunch of fake stuff. People love to hear fake stuff disguised as real stuff. I'm going to make a bunch of money. I'm going to get a big social profile. I may even have people follow in my footsteps someday. And that's Preston Nichols' route. There are two routes, but they both lead to the same destination. Silencing an investigator. 
John Ford is no longer looking into the stuff that he believed in. Whether or not it was true, he believed it was true. Preston Nichols is now known as the Montauk Project guy. So if he does start to make other revelations going forward, most people, especially the skeptical community, go, well, he did write that book that had a bunch of soft facts in it. Why should we believe this? At the end of the day, two investigators got taken off the game board. One through criminal charges and the other one through financial gain. Preston Nichols may have status and money and fame, but is he still just another prisoner of a system that is constantly trying to keep the truth from reaching the masses? DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. I'm about to drink some NyQuil. Have a great weekend, guys. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.